because this is the thing with mobile home park investing. Financing is one of the hardest things. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason, J. Lou Lewis. And today we're getting to dive into the background of someone who was born and raised in Moscow, Russia, immigrated to the United States 13 years ago, has lived here since. And now in those 13 years, she's become a partner at M2K Partners, who owns several mobile home park communities throughout the country. Also the co-founder of Equity Tree, a sophomore platform dedicated to helping commercial real estate investors manage their deals and investor relations for an affordable price. And she's also the host of the Mobile Home Park Investors uh, virtual meetup called the MHP Tribe. So very excited to dive into someone who has immigrated here in the last 13 years and has done all of that uh, in a short period and learn kind of about what it what it took to get there and the motivation behind that. And hopefully uh, her story can motivate some of you guys who are maybe on the fence or struggling, maybe you're with your first deal or, or maybe your 20th deal to get to your 21st deal. So very excited to bring on Katrina Stepanova. Did Yay. I get it? All right. <laughs> <Yes>. All right. <laughs> hey, Jason. Uh, hello. Thank you very much. How yeah. are you? Good. I, well, I'm great. We're, we're, the market's, market's hot. Things are going well. Um, so we're excited to bring you on and kind of hear the story of a, a Russian immigrant. So it's kind of a, that's a cool thing to say, I guess, you know, it's a Russian immigrant. You can, it, it takes me back to some like cool movies or something like that, you know? So, um, but yeah, want to just kind of jump into your, well, let's normally we jump into your first deal. Um, but given your unique background, you, you kind of want to tell us uh, your experience coming to the U.S. and 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 learning or getting involved in in the real estate and how that kind of all came about. Sure. Well, Jason, thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be today here with your listeners, Creative Real Estate Podcasts. So I, I heard so much uh, of of it, and I listened to it as well. It's really a great pleasure to be on today and share my experience and the journey and uh, share about my uh, beloved space of MHP investing. I love this industry and I hope to uh, be in it for many, many more years. I had nothing that uh, and a, a great people that I met uh, through it and just really excited to, to share. Um, well, just as you said, you, um, I immigrated United States from Moscow, Russia, pretty much by myself. I did not come here with uh, to uh, to reunite with the family, or didn't really have any friends here. Well, I came here. It just so happened with uh, my former husband for for his career of opera singer. 
And very interesting, right there. Yeah, that, that's right, right. You, you, you do not, nor the listeners, want to hear me sing. Uh, so, um, only way I got into my high school choir because it was a cool thing to do was I uh, mowed prior to getting it over uh, junior high, and before I got to high school, I mowed the. Um, teachers, instructors yard for like three or four years. And I think he felt, felt bad and just let me in without even having to, to try out. And he told me just to like sit in the back, don't sing, just be quiet and, mm-hmm. and don't cause trouble. So uh, you do not want to, to hear me sing. Oh, well, you know, I, it's a, it's fascinating field, I have to say. And um, I was working uh, with artists uh, when I got here as well, because uh, you see my former husband, he didn't really speak much English. So it was on me. We immigrated, we kind of left everything behind. And uh, I got here, I had 130 bucks in my pocket. That was all to start off our living uh, here in a new world for us. And not really friends, definitely no family here. So we kind of had to figure our way uh, around things. And we moved to New York. So that's uh, where I've been since. And I was working with artists for a little while, just by virtue of managing my um, ex-husband's affairs. And that was pretty fascinating, obviously, to to be around uh, artists and in who would sing in Metropolitan Opera, Lincoln Center, all this uh, historic and just legendary venues. So that was pretty fascinating. And there were a few life changes. So eventually I thought, okay, um, I was on my own. So I had to figure the way how I would build my life and my uh, personal legacy. And from experience from back home, from Moscow, I had... uh, I already had a little bit of experience uh, learning how to purchase first property Uh, back home. It was my first apartment that I purchased. And when we moved, it would just happen naturally. uh, We had to rent it out. So someone would pay the mortgage while we were here with 130 bucks, starting the life over pretty much. And that's how I got my first taste of being being a landlord, this on uh, distant landlord and having someone uh, pay your rent pay, pay your mortgage so from here i thought that i need to look into this some some more and definitely land of opportunity <laughs> oh for sure T- take us to uh, your first deal you did here because you've you're now a, a partner in you know m2k partners and you own mm-hmm. several mobile home parks throughout the country so so let's dive into to your first deal and and how you made that happen not having family or connections or uh, a background in real estate here in the u.s sure uh, actually my first real estate deal was was a turnkey single-family property in Memphis because uh, when I started doing my research about real estate investing, I uh, found bigger pockets where I learned there are all kinds of ways, all different avenues, how you can go about your passive income or cash flow. And the easiest and the most accessible way for me to get started was through purchasing a turnkey out of state which I did. And uh, luckily, I I always say luckily, because 
it ultimately led me to mobile home park investing. I had two subsequent evictions in the course of just six months. So I quickly realized that single family home, which means if one tenant is not paying, it's 100% economic vacancy. So I had to wise up real quick and get myself into commercial real estate. So... For sure. Yeah. And to our listeners, uh, turnkey. So essentially, that just means you you bought a, a single family home that most of the time, not always, has been updated, and then the the owner placed a tenant on a one or two year lease. So when you're buying it, you're you're buying it turnkey. There literally is a tenant in place. There's a cash flow in place, um, and because of that, you don't have a lot of equity into the deal, you're buying it at market or maybe a little more because of the premium of a tenant. But as uh, Katrina mentioned, there is the risk of if that one tenant does vacate, it can be a little tough. That's right. That's right. A little tough that was. And um, there I was searching through commercial real estate niche and looking where to get started. And Um, After some research and uh, trials and errors, I came to find a mobile home park uh, niche, which I started uh, investing in back three years ago. I uh, took some courses, uh, some classes, definitely was doing a lot of education online and through podcasts and um, found through education again, I found my partners who were also searching the market, uh, trying marketing for deals. Mobile home park investment niche is, is a bit peculiar. I would say a little different than apartment uh, building, I guess, the deals. Oftentimes, you have to locate mom and pop owners by uh, literally skip tracing them. <laughs> There is no uh, unified database of mobile home parks readily available for you to download and and send your mailers to. So you kind of have to get started from scratch and search for mobile home parks and skip trace the information back to owners. So we've been doing exactly that. I specifically in our partnership was providing that particular value. I was uh, building the database of, of mom and pop owners who then we were marketing to. And uh, my partner, one of them, Matt Battinger, he's out of Georgia. And uh, he he came uh, into this partnership having experience. He already owned, uh, I think, four mobile home parks prior to that. So he definitely had all necessary experience. And my other partner, Nick Villanueva, he's out of California. So you see, we all spread out. I'm in New York, Matt, uh, Georgia, and California for Nick. And uh, Nick is just experienced uh, entrepreneur and experienced in uh, all sorts of commercial real estate investments. So uh, our first deal was uh, a mobile home park, 38 space mobile home community in Pensacola, MSA. And uh, that was a short term, um, let's say, flip project, so to speak. We Right now, actually, we're in the process of uh, selling it. So we did what we needed to do, our turnaround strategy. And so now we are actually preparing to exit. We listed the property. Great. T- take us into some of the details you'd like to share, maybe like purchase price and then what you guys put into it and what you hope to get out. And 
um, if those numbers and the timing of that hit hit your goals going into it. Maybe even a, a lesson, your biggest aha moment that you you learned from that one. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, that property is actually along the way while we were looking for for the one that we will buy and, and own ourselves. We actually happened to wholesale two two parks that just didn't meet our expectations in terms of returns. And yeah, so the first one we were really excited to purchase and and, and own and and have it. So that was a joint venture. We had a few other partners joining us. And the plan was pretty simple. As a mobile home park, they come in all different uh, setups, so to speak. So that particular community, all all homes were park-owned homes. This is probably the most maintenance-intensive setup that you may have, unless you also have private utilities, in which case you absolutely uh, maintenance-heavy and um that is the less desirable and your part of your turnaround strategy could be relieve some of the pressure of maintenance and sell off park owned homes to tenants that are paying timely and just overall uh, exhibited uh, ability to to pay for their home with income backup and and so so on so that was part of the turnaround sell of those 38 homes then uh, we had did you get all 38 sold and sold. did you did you sell them on a uh a lease, lease to own or that is correct absolutely correct uh yes jason so that was a lease to own contract and i think we have all but six okay. turned and uh in uh, q1 of 2021 all uh, lease to own contracts will be uh, will end. So, which means the uh, ownership will be completely transferred to tenants at that right. point. Yeah. And, it, and what was the percentage of the ones that bought that were tenants already versus you having to find new people outside the park to come in to do the lease to own? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, well, Jason, most of them were already in the park. We just had to. Um, Convert them over. Uh, convert them, correct. Yeah. And I think uh, we that that is a really good market, really strong market. So people don't want to leave once they get in and they have a, a good deal going. And definitely they had a good deal going because uh, great location, not uh, high. I think at the well, I know at the purchase, uh, the lot rent, the internal lot rent uh, was at two set at two twenty five, which is if you look at the the rent you your tenant don't really recognize what is the lot rent what is the home rent so for us it was again part of the strategy and it's also known by experienced park owners park investors i would say that you can set the internal lot rent at you can adjust it to the market at at purchase of the park simply by making it 350 dollars which is the current market rent we were able to increase the value of the park simply because lenders will lend on lot rents only. For sure. Our tenants did not re- see the difference or feel any difference as you, as you may imagine. Yeah. So what, what would that uh, overall change in, in your cap rate uh, from purchase to sale or overall kind of percentage of value increase that you guys are seeing just from using that, you know, creative real estate strategy of mm-hmm. selling the homes back to the tenants? 
Yeah, sure. Well, um, we actually just uh, ran the numbers yesterday because we were, as we actually have a accepted LOI on the property, we just wanted to project to our partners and let them know what is projected versus uh, what we were thinking about two years ago and what we were planning two, two years ago. So our total rate of return is expected to be to 117%. So that's our expectation. So we purchased it at 715, 715,000, and um, uh, we are selling it at, at uh, 1.3 million. So, and we are right now, how many, 20 months in? Okay. Yeah, so, so somewhere there. It's great. And was that purchase cash or was there financing in? Actually, we were able to get financing. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, so your cash on cash return should be pretty decent based on that being a leveraged asset. Yes. Yes, definitely. The, the one thing I just want to point out for folks who are interested in mobile home park investing, uh, the reason I laughed a little bit when you asked it was it leveraged because this is the thing with mobile home park investing. Financing is one of the hardest things that you can you will it's it's the, it's yeah it's the <laughs> hardest other than simply owning a mobile home park so <laughs> yeah so get, getting uh, getting a loan that was uh, less than 500,000 not even a million dollars yeah. of loan amount that was ridiculously difficult and it took me uh, so much effort to to found it, find it, and then finally through a broker who just pulled it out of his head. I don't know the little miracle we got the financing, and we had one thing. Jason talking about the cash on cash returns. I just have to say that we were really tracking the total return rate of return rather than cash on cash, simply because we would putting cash right back into just uh, updating things uh, in the park, just making them look prettier. We were just overall uh, trying to improve it to um, to the market level, making sure we're definitely not below, but we really have a good um, good looking property uh, that the that local market would expect and and wouldn't mind uh, paying. And no, whoa. no drug needles uh, thrown throughout the park. So well, <laughs> that, that is mostly a, a retiree community. Where okay. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, they, 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 they got to get, get their fixes, I guess, somehow. Oh but my yeah, that's, gosh. So there is a beach uh, close by. Uh, okay. <laughs> Take yeah, a swim. It's, <laughs> it's uh, a lot of times you hear the, at least the ones even we've owned, uh, you, you know, to get the deals, you got to come in and, and get, get a little, get a little messy uh, at the beginning. And, and some of the ones that myself and even, horror stories of, of friends, the ones that they bought to do the turnaround, like you're talking about, they're all park owned homes. They're, uh, they can, they can be quite scary. So it sounds like you, your first one was, was more presentable and doable from the very beginning. I would say so. That was a pretty easy turnaround. I would say in terms of it was pretty clean. There was mm-hmm. nothing that we needed to do, uh, like physically in the park, not much at all, really. Maybe just fixing up a couple of homes. And if someone vacating, we just turn them over and release them at a higher price to the market, really, really market price. Um, but otherwise, uh, we just, I think we were so prepared to have our first deal because we were looking for it. When we closed it, 
that was exactly a year. So we were so prepared and we were so wanting this deal and everyone was saying, yeah, the first deal is the hardest and it's truly so. We were so prepared and we just really made sure that we put together a great team that we knew exactly what's going to happen and when, at least what we can control. Of course, going into a deal, you just never know. Things happen that are out of your control, but just we try to do the very best possible, uh, just maximum effort. That's all. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, before we jump here into break, what, what's the one takeaway that you've kind of learned getting to this point uh, that might be the most kind of value add to our listeners uh, to get to maybe their first deal or come from $130 in your pocket to providing, it sounds like 500 to maybe, maybe more than that. It sounds like if you said one or 700 to 1.4 or so, so you're looking uh, at way more than that um, and an equity of what's some value add that you could share of, of the lessons you learned to get there? Cause $130 in your pocket to providing, you know, $700,000 of equity in a property is, is a big, big difference. Yeah, no, definitely a big difference. I would say when you're starting pretty much like me from, from the very, very beginning <laughs> of this, uh, one thing that is always appreciated and valued uh, is bringing a deal, right? That's, that's, uh, that is always the, the name of the game. You got to find a great deal. So uh, learn how to find a deal. Do whatever it takes. And uh, the name of the game uh, is uh, consistency and follow-up. You have to prepare yourself. It's not going to be fast to find a really good deal, but that's so doable. Just have to be patient and just really double down and and believe that you have the right systems in place, uh, which you should definitely get familiar with and um, go go find a deal because this will be your value to to your partners who may come. Uh, more financially stable and provide liquidity, provide experience, bring the deal. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. There's a lot of sayings kind of around that, but kind of like he, who he or she who holds the cards wins, you know, and, and the deal is the, those cards, you know? And so if you're able to go out there and find a deal, um, you can then find investors, you can find partners, you can find funding. But if, if you don't have a deal, you don't have anything at that point, you know? So um, I think that's very wise tips of just learn how to find the yeah. deal. And, and this is also, this is so possible. You just have to learn to, you just have to know what you're going after and, uh, and, and learn how to do it. It's so doable. People do it all the day, all, every day. And um, yeah, just have to believe that you can do it. And that would be the biggest thing that you can probably, you know, do for yourself. I like it. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump right back in to the final five. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have... Uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind 
uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. We are back from break with Katrina Stepanova. And we're going to jump right into the final five. And the first question we like to ask is, what's the most creative deal that, that you saw during your years of underwriting and being in, in the real estate world? Uh, what's kind of one that, that stands out for you? Well, for me, being just so new uh, to it, I think I probably learned on every deal a little bit. What I learned is, you know, you need to be asking a lot of questions from people in the industry because they will tell you things that you just never even thought of. And they've seen things around, you know, for example, in our first deal, we never would have known to raise the internal blood rents and, and just make equity as we were just sending out a piece of paper um, and without even tenants feeling any uh, consequences of that. So I think that was a really great trick, which I wouldn't have known if I haven't uh, partnered up with uh, my partner, Matt, who just who did that before and who heard of that previously. So we just had to execute it. But that was painless absolutely painless uh move and that created a ton of equity in our deal just like that i like it where, where do you see the market um let's say in the next six to 12 months and kind of where do you see uh your yourself and your team at that time well i think uh the market will be uh, for mobile home parks that is a pretty steady market because uh, there is really nowhere else after a mobile home park. Where else would you go? You just go and put a tent up. Really, there is not much you can do after. So uh, our market is pretty stable. I think operators, uh, there, there will be opportunities, I think, for, for us because we're always looking for deals and we're looking all across the nation for really great, strong deals. And I think the, the operators who really did everything by fundamentals, they will be good and probably better than good, they will be in a position to acquire even better deals. So we hope to be a part of that uh, crew. (laughs) And we're looking forward to, yeah, staying consistent with our marketing efforts and finding more great deals. That's great. What's one book or podcast that you've read or listened to that's kind of stood out and helped you recently? And then what's, what's the one takeaway that you could share kind of the cliff notes of of that book with our listeners today mm-hmm. well i do enjoy uh, bigger pockets podcast quite a bit and um, i just uh, like the different points of view that are shared by seasoned and just novice investors and right now i have to just say uh, market it changes so much and one of the tips I just wanted to share is the marketing tip um, and I see in the mobile home park industry more and more are, people are starting to use wholesaling tools I think that is a, a great thought behind it because uh, marketing is definitely where you uh, 
learning how to do best marketing for your target audience, being mom and pop mobile home park owners, like really learning how to uh, approach them the right way. I think definitely this is an opportunity and the edge there. So I think, um, you know, setting up the right systems and taking advantage of the technology, modern technology will uh, really be an opportunity in the, in, you know, at least in my um, space for sure. It's great. Yeah, we, we're seeing a lot more people in all sectors utilizing all of the cool mm-hmm. uh, ringless voicemails and text and all of that that we really only saw wholesalers and single family doing a few years ago. Now it's pretty prevalent throughout the whole real estate investing sector. Um, yeah. So well, what what's your favorite way that you like to give back to the real estate community that's given you know so much to you to get to be where you are? Uh, in your career and in such a short amount of time? Sure, sure. Um, I, uh, as you mentioned at the very beginning, I have uh, a group. It's uh, it's a group on a Facebook. It's an MHP tribe uh, group. And what I do is, uh, well, it's me and my peers. We get together uh, every Monday on a, a week kickoff call and just go through things that we learned, things that we can share with each other. We under ideals. We talk about marketing. We talk about anything and everything um, MHP uh, investing related. And I host those and uh, as well as uh, monthly webinars, having different guests from the industry, sharing insights, sharing experience. So this is my way to give back um, love my community, love my tribe. I um, also assist uh, with coordination and putting together the SECO. Uh, SECO, it's uh, the Southeast Conference for Mobile Home Park Owners, where it's hosted by mobile home park owners for mobile home park owners. So this is a pretty amazing conference that's, uh, that is taking uh, place annually in Atlanta this year. It's first year, it's 2020, it's taking place in October virtually. And I would definitely recommend whoever is interested in that space, there is, it's a very unique uh, environment where you can learn from people who, whose parents, who themselves sometimes uh, built the parks operated them for generations this there is no better information there are no better resources than than this folks so i'm proud to be part of the team that's great well if people want to reach out to you to learn a bit more about you know your background or your investing in the mobile home park uh world what's the best way we can put in the show notes for them to connect up with you Sure. Well, Jason, they can always find me on uh, MHP Tribe group on Facebook. Uh, that's, you know, they can find the group. Uh, we'll be happy to meet them, everyone who is interested and help however we can. They can email me, uh, mymhptribe at gmail.com. And my team's uh, website for mobile home park investing is mhpteam.com mhpteam.com so that's uh, that's probably the the easiest i'm on linkedin so they can definitely look me up there as well (laughs) and and uh it's a somewhat unique of a name as well so i'm (laughs) i'm guessing it 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 comes up whereas jason lewis i think there's like ten thousand of us so um i'll never hit first page of of google so um (laughs) 
but yeah, well, it's an absolute pleasure bringing you on, um, hearing your story, getting to where you're, you are today from, from where you were with a hundred and was 130 or 160. I, I want to get that number right, you know, so 130. Okay. 130. 130. Okay. There you go. So, um, yeah, so it's just been a pleasure learning a bit more about that that journey and excited to see what you do in the next few years with with your tribe. Uh, I like yes. I like the term tribe. I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a big believer in it. You know, a tribe is you yeah. know is is a group of people who are all uh, with the same mindset and the same goals and yeah. moving forward together. So I Absolutely. I definitely like like the term. So and mobile home park tribe, you need it because, you know, it's not an easy industry to be in. So, um, so it's, it's great. You're putting that together. So, well, excellent. Well, we will get you on here in the future, hear more about the growth of, uh, everything. Um, but for now we're gonna have to let you go and, and listeners, as I always like to say at the end, until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.